Hello and welcome to another episode of The Last of the Hard Podcast. I am your host, Cuthbert Hutton. We're here looking over the pieces of one heck of a game against the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. We did not come out uh, where we wanted to, but there's always tomorrow. We're going to be talking everything Wake Forest, some other rumors, and maybe a brief preview about Army and the Air Force Falcons coming up in two weeks. As always, my producer and co-host, Uncle Joe, is here. Uncle Joe, how's life? Uh, good. Very good. Uh, fun game to watch again. <sighs> fun game. Not a fun, fun outcome, game. but a fun game. Um, yeah. But I hope you're ready to settle in. I got the Caribbean cask here. I'm ready to talk all things Army football. Uh, let's dive right into this Wake Forest game. I mean, what can you say? What can you say? 70 to 56. I never thought I'd see it. Um, Wake Forest, they had that that mesh. It's a slow developing RPO offense, and you know they did it well. You got to give you know credit where credit's due. Sam Hartman, their their quarterback, Heisman Hartman, as uh, as one of the broadcasters was calling him, twenty three for twenty nine, four hundred and fifty eight yards, and five touchdowns. He was on point all day. I will give him credit for that. Uh, Jakari Robinson, you know, or excuse me, Roberson, we we mentioned him in the last podcast as being a threat. Eight receptions, 157 yards, and three touchdowns. And, you know, you really do just got to tip your hat to that Wake Forest offense. We knew that it was going to be a game of Wake Forest potentially scoring at will, Army ball control, clock control, and hopefully controlling the game enough to pull it out in the end. What we didn't anticipate was that the Wake Forest defense was going to be letting Army effectively score at will also. Um, we had eight scoring drives. We only were stopped three times uh, in the entire game. I mean, you tell me that Army is going to score a touchdown on every single drive in a game except for three. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, are we playing? Are we playing Morgan State again? Is this the weekend that uh, that Mercer comes to town? No, 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 no. This is against the number 16 ranked team in the country. Problem is, they're number 16 for a reason. Um, Army had 42 minutes of uh, possession to Wake Forest's 17, meaningless. Army had 31 first downs against Wake's 22, meaningless. Um, you know. When you are playing a team that has a passing offense that is that dominant, it's 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 tricky to beat. You know, um, there were plays in that game where you know you would have Roberson, let's say, and he'd be double coverage. He'd be in double coverage, and he would just he would just point downfield and say, "I'm just going to sprint." And when he sprints, he wins. And you know, unfortunately, that's. That's sometimes what you're dealing with when it comes to Army, our ability to recruit talent and develop talent. It is it is limiting. You know, it is our limiting factor. Uh, you know, you can't – it's much, much harder to recruit somebody to attend a, an academy, let alone this academy. So, you know, look, our boys, they played their hearts out. Um, they, you know, they never gave up. They just – they ran into, I wouldn't even call it a buzzsaw. It was more like a rapier, just cutting, you know, to shreds. It's like Zorro, zip, zip, zip. At one point in the third quarter, we had three touchdowns in 48 seconds. 
It's it's truly unbelievable. And you, you look at Army's offensive statistics, I mean, there's nothing to be upset about. You know, if you're looking at the offensive statistics, 595 total yards. Army had 179 yards passing. Um, you know, what what world are we living in that Army had 179 yards passing, three touchdowns? Jabari Laws, nine for 11 for 140 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, it's really, really, really unbelievable. Um, the story of the game you know, it's it's the second coming of San Diego State and Army, right? This is the Lockheed Martin Bowl from 2017. Army won 42-35, uh, and it was it was the exact same game, except San Diego State was scoring on running plays instead of r- scoring on passing plays. Army, you know, ball domination, time of possession domination, slow and steady, and eked it out at the very very end. Um, and this, I mean, that was that was the, that was our path to victory here, and and you know we couldn't do it. You listen to Jeff Munkin after the game, and was he disappointed? He was, but he wasn't angry. He wasn't angry the way he was after Wisconsin. He certainly wasn't angry the way he was after Ball State. Because at a certain point, you just got to say, you know, those guys, they're faster than we are, and God bless them. Today, they were better than we were. Is Sam Hartman the best quarterback in the nation? No. Was he the best quarterback in the nation this past Saturday? I don't know how you can say no with the type of game that he had. We stopped Wake Forest on one drive. There was one turnover on downs. Every other drive, they scored a touchdown. Wake Forest stopped us on three drives. Every other drive, we scored a touchdown. What do you know? We lost by 14. It was a big play. Uh, in the second half, a fake field goal that was intercepted. You know, hindsight 2020. If that receiver breaks the left instead of the right, if he goes towards the sideline, it's probably a first down, maybe a touchdown. If that receiver decides, as soon as I cross the first down, I'm going to turn and catch it and go down and play conservatively, we probably score on that drive. Instead, it's our fourth string quarterback, who is also a running back at this moment, Kay Bernard. He throws a ball that's it's a little, I wouldn't say it's underthrown. It just didn't quite have the zip it needed. Beautifully defended, beautifully defended by Wake Forest. Um, you know, their D-back, he pulls off of his man because he sees the tight end wide open. He recognizes in the moment that it's that tight end who's going to get the ball because that's the play. He breaks, he catches it in stride, and he goes, whatever it was, 75 yards for a touchdown. That was really the play that broke the game open and and put it out of reach for us, you know. And again, what what can you do? I, I it's it's easy to be disappointed in the Army defense, but when you have a team that can score on like you know on you like Will, uh, it's I don't know. It is what it is. It was one hell of a game, though. Joe, what were your thoughts? Uh. I was, you know, the last thing we talked about, and one of my wishes was is that Army would go ahead and take a shot every down and go ahead and pass the ball. And it started off with just that. I mean, it kind of like made the game for me. The, the first play out of scrimmage, they take a shot for 39 yards, uh, and, it's, and it's successful. And, 
And as the day went on, I know it was a loss, but the one thing I took away was there were some key mistakes made by Army. Uh, uh, and, you know, offsides on defense, a, a killer penalty relatively early on, um, a, a Hartman played probably the best game of his life. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, on one play, Army's defense, you know, the safety cheated a little bit. Hartman picked it up, picked the man-to-man up, third touchdown to Perry, and Perry's one of the best receivers in the country. So the fact that it – I really believe it would have made the spread without a couple of key – uh, mistakes on Army side, but the thing I'm thrilled about, and I don't know if they're going to keep it up, but you know, read that. What was the stat again on on passing? Uh, so Army, Army as a team, Army as a team, they went ten for thirteen for 179 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. And obviously, that interception was our fourth string quarterback on a fake field goal. Um, right. But Jabari Laws, 9 for 11, 140 with three touchdowns. Christian Anderson, 1 for 1 for 39 yards, uh, which is the pass you were talking about. Hey, Christian Anderson, back in the lineup. Good, good. Injured against Miami of Ohio. He missed Ball State. He missed Wisconsin. Uh, We had a pop-up show Saturday morning, and I didn't even mention Christian Anderson because I I, I didn't think he was going to play. There's no indication he was going to play. And an hour before kickoff, Sal Inodernato with Black Knight Nation breaks the news. Christian Anderson is going to be starting. He comes out first play of the game. Didn't I say, didn't I say in the last podcast, everybody knows Army's first play is always fullback dive. And what do they do? They take a book. They take a page out of Joe Sloan's book. And they go, they they put it in the air for 39 yards. Uh, listen, uh, Sam Hartman, again, t- you know, t- tip of the cap to him. He needs he needs to make a few donations to the academy. I'll be honest, because he's going to be playing on Sunday, and and I would think that his highlight film is probably going to have some clips uh, <laughs> of this past weekend. And the, the Army defense, it, it's crazy. I know it sounds crazy to say that they didn't play poorly when they gave up 70, right? And and they're scoring at will. But sincerely, Army, by and large, the defense was disciplined. They were not missing assignments. They were not Wake Forest. Just they played lights out. I mean, this it's a cop out. I know that's a cop out, but it's it's true. It's absolutely true. Um, now, it's, Christian Anderson. It's, it's not a cop out at all. It's very, very true. And it, it could have gotten away from him. But again, uh, in my mind, with, with the exception of a couple of really big mistakes on the Army side of the ball, that that, that line should have been tighter. That It would have been a closer game overall, I believe. Well, in fact, in fact, I'm watching this game expecting kind of a, I don't know, the typical kind of Army game, but, you know, a Pac-12 game somehow here <laughs> this is <laughs> so this is hawaii we're, against we're oregon is what we were watching um i i will say this uh i always try and divorce myself as best i can from my emotions in the moment but i will say that at least the narrative i was seeing on twitter during and after the game was was very critical of the refs um I, I don't know if I was if I would be as critical as some of the voices that I heard, some of the more prominent 
uh, Twitter voices in the Army Twitter sphere. But um, I will say that it did seem like it wasn't until about the middle of the third onto the fourth quarter before we started to see like, oh, that's right. You can throw a flag on the other team too. You know, um, I, I, I will say this. Army, the Army defense has yet to draw a single holding penalty this season. I'm going to say that again. We are seven games into the season, and not one time has the opposing offensive line been called for holding against Army. Now, that's incredible, especially considering that we have Andre Carter II, who is, I don't know where he is now, but going into last week was tied for fourth in the nation in sacks. There's a photo that was going around the internet of, of Andre Carter being blocked and the Wake Forest tackle who's blocking him has his hand on Carter's throat. He has his hand on his throat. And it's like, oh, no holding here. No holding here. I mean, I, I know it's another cop-out to blame the refs. I'm not trying to say that that's why we lost or we're being treated unfairly. But it strains credulity to know that we're seven games into the season. We have played however many hours of football and we not, not a single, not once, not once has an army player been held. I mean, I just, I don't uh, know. I think but, you're, I think you're spot on because, okay, this is coming from, you know, SEC eyes, right? There was the, the wake Forest second touchdown to me there. that clearly was a missed holding call. Uh, against and Andre Carter. I mean, it was just, it would, it looked almost like a tackle. And, yeah. and, you know, I tried to step back and say, well, but I thought, you know, if that's a Saturday game anywhere in the South, there's a flag going in the air. And I, I just don't understand it, but that. And, and the look, one, the, one the game had is breathtaking. Not and one call. <laughs> the game didn't hinge on that play, right? Even if they throw that flag, from what we can tell, Wake Forest probably would have scored on that drive to begin with. So it's not as though it's one play and the whole game would have been different. But, I mean, come on. Come on. So the other story of the game, the Army offense lights out. I mean, just, just, this is... I mean, I I don't know what to say. You look at the stat sheet, the long runs of the day, 24, 25, 71, 23. We had one, two, three, four, five different players score touchdowns. I mean, you can't you can't beat that. You had running backs who were running for touchdowns. You had running backs who were catching touchdowns. Isaiah Alston, Isaiah Alston. For many years, for many years, there has been an inside joke on the Army football team. That the wide receivers are called the wide tackles because all they do is block. Because <laughs> when you play football for Army, <laughs> there's only four passes a game. So the likelihood that you're going to get a shot as a wide receiver is really small. So they call them the wide tackles because um, they're effectively just part of the offensive line. Isaiah Alston, six receptions, 107 yards, two touchdowns. And I'm telling you, if you have not seen, if you have not seen Isaiah Alston's fourth quarter touchdown, it was fourth and nine. 
Jabari Laws, he puts it in the corner of the end zone. Isaiah Alston goes above the Wake Forest defender for a one-handed catch, both feet inbounds. It's worth the two minutes to find it on YouTube. I'm telling you, it is worth the two minutes. Um, Christian Anderson came back. He started the game. He was playing well. He gets knocked out. God bless him. We have to go to the Tyre Tyler Jabari Laws rotation. This was the rotation we used against Ball State and against Wisconsin. Jabari Laws and Tyre Tyler, these guys are best friends. They're in the same class. They came in together. They're telling stories on Twitter about hanging out on their recruitment trip together. They get along so closely. When Army talks about the QB unit, it's not one guy, it's a team of guys. And these two, they are the pillars that hold it up. Tyre Tyler, the stronger runner, and was the number one runner for Army on the day with 104 yards. Jabari Laws, the stronger passer. He throws three touchdowns. It's the first time since 2007 that an Army quarterback threw three touchdowns in one game. The two of them start rotating in after Anderson drops out. Unfortunately, Tyre Tyler, he gets injured early in the second half. Jabari Laws carries us the rest of the way. You know, it was a heck of a game, you know. Is this our ceiling? Is that we're gonna we're gonna go up against power five schools and we're gonna get close and we're never gonna get over the mountain? I don't think this is our ceiling, but you know, it just it is what it is. It is what it is. And and Joe, you and I talked about this on Saturday. If this game happens in 2016, which was in in what is in my mind the first year of the resurgence of Army, right? 2016, we go to the heart of Dallas Bowl. We beat North Texas after losing to them previously in the year. It ushers in. It's the first time we win the Army-Navy game. We break the streak. We did not win the Army-Navy game between 2001 and 2016. 2016, that is the start of the ascendance, the current ascendance of the Army football. Since then, we have won the Army-Navy game four out of five. We've won the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy uh, three out of four. Um, if this game happens that year, we are we are to the moon. We are so excited. We are pumped about Army's future. It happens in 2021, and we're saying, is this it? Is this the best we got? So I'm doing everything I can not to take this as a downer to say, you know what? This is good. Let's not forget we are an academy. We are one of the top academic institutions in the country. And then when it comes to recruiting, not only would you have to get people who can handle that academic rigor, but also people who are willing to do one tour as a commissioned officer, potentially a career for some of these guys. I mean, that's a lot to ask. That's a lot to ask. Andre Carter, he talked about when they went to Wisconsin interview on ESPN.com. He says, oh, yeah, we got to Wisconsin for the game. We got to the hotel the day before. It was just in time for a half a dozen guys to sit down and take a physics exam. Now, look, Joe, I don't want to cast aspersions. Easy. I don't want to cast aspersions here. Easy. But if you're telling me, if you're telling me that members absolutely members of the Alabama football team absolutely. are getting they take those tests on the bus to and from. I mean, come on. 
Oh, you know? easily. Easily. You know? and, look, easily. West Point is gorgeous. It's gorgeous up there with the gray stone. You got the river, the reservoir, the bluffs. I mean, it really is one of the most picturesque, picturesque places for college football. But it's not easy to recruit. And we just, you know, Co Coach Munkin says it all the time. We got to go 1-0 and o this week, right? Because you can't get back last week's game, and you can't beat the opponent three weeks from now. What's important is to go 1-0 and o this week, and that's what we got to do. Look, we're 4-3, and three, all right? We're still bowl eligible. We got Air Force coming up in two weeks. This is the first leg of the Commander-in-Chief's trophy. Air Force has already beaten Navy, which means that if we have any shot, any shot of keeping the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, we're going to need to beat Air Force. Joe, are you familiar with the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy? Uh, I know enough to be dangerous, and that's from the asides that uh, you've had about it, but go ahead. Well, so the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, it is a – it's not quite a round robin, so to speak, because there's only one one game per. But the, the essence is Army, Navy, and Air Force, each team plays each other each year. And from the three games, the collective winner is awarded the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy. It's this massive trophy. I think it weighs like over 150 pounds. And it's, 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 a, it's a pedestal that has three sides to it. And one side is a donkey for our Army Black Knights. You probably don't understand, but the mascot of Army, even though we're the Black Knights, it's a mule. Just... Don't overthink it. Navy, you've got a Ram, and then Air Force, of course, you have uh, an Eagle. And so the collective winner, after each team plays each other, they keep the trophy. And it's called the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy. And it's got, you know, it's like the Stanley Cup. It's got plates on it and the, the, the team name and the year and the blah, blah, blah. It's been, com it's been getting competed for since... Uh, 1972 was the first year that the, the trophy was established. The, the teams were playing each other since the 50s, but in, the, in 1972, the, te the, the trophy was established. Army, God bless them. We're, 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 we're lagging a little bit behind. Air Force has won it 20 times, Navy 16, and Army 9. But Army has won it three out of the last four. So uh, with Air Force already beating Navy, if Air Force wins in two weeks, they take the Commander-in-Chief's trophy. If we beat Air Force, that means we keep it for another year. Because in the instance where one team beats another, who beats another, who beats another, sort of everybody wins one and loses one, the team that won it previously holds it. So as long as we beat Air Force, we keep it another year. Because we can lose Army-Navy. But Navy lost to Air Force. Air Force lost to us. We keep the trophy. So this is a huge game. This is a huge game. It's going to be played at a neutral site. It's going to be played in Arlington, Texas, at the home of the uh, Texas Rangers. I, I don't know why the midpoint between Colorado and New York is Texas, <laughs> but I've got a feeling it has something to do with recruiting. Uh, I've got a feeling it's got something to do with recruiting. It's the same reason why... Somehow, magically, every year Army plays in a bowl game that happens to be in Texas because it's the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl or it's the, you know, it's the military bowl um, at, uh, where is it? Where, where does TCU play? I think the military bowl is at TCU. Um, but, yeah, look, 
it is what it is. It is what it is. So two weeks from now, November 6th, huge game, 11.30 kickoff. I don't know why the kickoff is early. I'm happy about it, though. I can watch football that much sooner. Uh, next week, we're going to do a full preview. Air Force looking very strong this week, this year. Lost last week to a ranked team, just like Army. Uh, they lost, I think it was uh, 20 to 14. So um, we'll do a big preview for them next year, uh, next week. But I uh, just wanted to get into a couple of other things. Unless, Joe, any last thoughts on the Wake Forest game? Uh, no, I think we covered the base. That Again, I did. what I was excited about was uh, a little air ball. I mean, why not? What have you got to lose? Exactly. Uh, what do you got to lose? I mean, it, what do we got to lose? What do you got what to lose? Got to lose? And, and, it, and something you brought up before, and we'll we'll get more into it later, I hope, is the fact that the physical requirements for these players meeting Army's overall f- standards. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the weight restrictions, all these types of things. Academic, academic uh, uh, pressures and obligations. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of, it really puts... And I guess it's true with all the service academies, but at what point do you say we're going to allow these cadets to go outside of the norm with Wade and some of the other things? Because a successful football program will bring hopefully more people to volunteer, become part of the army. Do you know what I mean? Well, I'll tell you, a marketing tool almost. I'll tell you this. I'm. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag here. Uh, I, I'm not really someone who should be speaking on this because I didn't attend the academy and I don't want to get dragged down into uh, petty name calling. But I know, I mean, as with my family history and, uh, and, and some of the social circles that I've run in over the years, I've known many, many uh, alumni from the academy. And I will tell you that there are some people who have some very strong opinions about some of the, let's say, tactics that are used by the other service academies uh, that are done to enhance the quality of their football programs. Uh, things like the loosening of weight restrictions, the, um, hmm, how should I say, the encouraging of students to enter the academy, play, let's say, two years, and then leave early. Because as most people probably don't know, if you attend a service academy for more than two years and then you leave, you're on the hook for that tuition money. You know, everybody who attends these academies, they're all 100% on scholarship. And if you leave halfway through your junior year, you're on the hook for that money. If you leave sophomore year, you're not. That's the that's the cutoff point. Um which is also why if you get kicked out, if you get booted for a disciplinary reason or an honor code violation or something like that, you don't just get kicked out, go home and go to community college. If it's, if you're two years in, you're in the army, bub. I don't know what to tell you. You're enlisted. Uh, Welcome. This is what you signed up for. So there's, I won't call them conspiracy theories because they're not conspiratorial, but they're, there are very pointed criticisms that are made, particularly by West Point alums, towards the other service academies and some of the aspects of their uh, of of their football programs. But you know, look, if you're from Colorado Springs or you're from Annapolis, I'm sure you can point at Army and say all sorts of things 
So let's not throw stones. Um, but let's move on to some breaking news. Breaking news, breaking news just today. So two weeks ago, I mentioned that the cowards, the cowards on Rocky Top, and that's hard for me to say because I went to college in Tennessee, and I actually really like Knoxville. It's a lot of fun. Um, but uh, the cowards of the University of Tennessee, they um, they pulled out. They pulled out, uh, and they're not going to play us next year. They had agreed to pay us $1.4 million to come play in Knoxville. Uh, instead, they opted to pay us uh, $500,000 and, and, and do a buyout and not play us, which is just, I mean, Joe, I love you, but it's, it's, I, I just, I got to take a swipe at the SEC on this one. I mean, they're afraid of the yeah, big, bad whoa, West whoa, whoa, Point whoa, Black whoa. Knights. What's going easy, on? Easy, 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 easy. I mean, the, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I understand Tennessee. I kind of get it, but the issue that you run into is uh, risk a loss for what? You know, right. In the SEC, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's not challenging for Army and who they play, but, a little different animal, wouldn't you say? I mean, it's just well, it's one of so, those things, especially when they're going to be probably playing more games in conference. It's just why am I going to go on the road, take a loss, injury? Well, so I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. No, it's true. It's and and look, listen, tip of the cap to Wisconsin. They beat us, but they had to start drilling our defense in last spring. They had to start drilling, excuse me, their defense to handle our offense last spring. And if you're the University of Tennessee, I could understand you not being interested in that. Now, as a West Point fan, I'm going to take the opportunity to call you a coward. I mean, that's a given. But I I do, from a practical, objective standpoint, oh I do get it. Um, you know, but, the, the other uh, thing, uh, and, and sorry, but uh, the other thing we talked about, and I know I heard it on College Game Day, uh, uh, and but apparently there is a a practice squad that goes out and there's teams that hire this practice squad to ramp up for uh, the uh, uh, the option and they specifically play the option for these defenses so they get practice uh, playing against that particular uh, form of play. No, that and and you are completely right about that. For our listeners, just to kind of break it down, what what Uncle Joe is talking about is there is effectively a traveling practice squad that universities will hire to come and practice with the university, the the varsity, the A team, to practice with them, because it's very very difficult to replicate the Army flex bone offense unless you won are someone who who really understands how it works right to replicate the decisions that are being made by christian anderson tyre tyler jabari laws you can't just give it to the b team quarterback on sunday night and say tomorrow at practice you need to understand what decision to make it needs to you you need to be ingrained in it and so there's this team that 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 does that and they so they they run the army offense you know do they run it as well as army obviously not nobody runs it as well as army but they run it well enough that the opposition's defense can really get a feel for the speed the timing and the decision making um 
And you know what? Hey, it's the free market, I guess. I mean, what do you think, Joe? It's the free market, right? No, I, it 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 was, and I hope memory serves. But the way the way it was discussed is, uh, you know, it's a it's they're kind of an unheralded uh, part of preparing for that type of offense. That I forgot how uh, how uh, well I can't, I, I you know I don't know why I didn't write all this down, but basically he was saying. You know, when it comes to these kind of offenses, there's there's a team, there's a group that makes all the difference. So you have to wonder if they weren't there, how often would uh, how often would the option be a, a much bigger problem for some of these teams? You know, and listen, it's very easy to call the the option offense a gimmicky offense. Oh well, you know, Army they just they just do well because they've got a gimmicky offense. If they're to play the pro style offense, you know, well, you know, you know what's a gimmicky offense? It's uh, who was the coach for Oregon? Chip, Chip, whoever it was, right? Kelly? And every, you know, and and every play is a shotgun, and you got three receivers left and two receivers right every play. That's a gimmicky offense, you know. You know what a gimmicky offense is? A gimmicky offense is, oh no, we're gonna we're we're gonna do the wildcat, and we're gonna come out, and you're never gonna know where it's gonna be because you know because we're Auburn, and maybe we're gonna do a pitch, and maybe we're you know, it's like, look, every offense is a gimmicky offense. Um, you show up on Saturdays, you play. That's that's how it works. Um, and so, um, but the breaking news, the breaking news, let's get back to it. So Mike Buddy, Mike Buddy is our uh, athletic director, and he was on a podcast that, that came out today. Uh, it's a fantastic podcast. It's called As for Football. It's that podcast, uh, Uncle Joe, that I was telling you about last week. And um, he was uh, talking about the Tennessee game. And listen, he was very diplomatic, as 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 they always should be, you know, about well, you know, scheduling shifts and changes, and you know, you can't. You now it's all part of the game and the NCAA, and we understand. And listen, God bless him for 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 being so so political. All right, but come on, Tennessee canceled us so they could play Akron. Come on. Um, but uh, he said that we are replacing an away game at Tennessee with a home game against Villanova. Now, listeners, I know what you're thinking. Villanova is a is FCS. This is this is one double A. This is a basketball school. What are we doing playing Villanova? Look, in my opinion, this is a fantastic decision by the Academy. I think it is in West Point's best interest to be playing the top schools of the FCS of one double A. Uh, the football championship subdivision, right? This is the these are the teams that have the playoff. They don't go to the bowl games. I think it's in our best interest to be playing the best of those teams. I, listen, I've daydreamed about a deal that Army makes with the NCAA where they say whoever wins the FCS national championship, they are invited the following year to come play a game at West Point and we will honor them and they can honor the military and everybody wins and the troops flag, blah, blah, blah. Because those are real teams and they are really good. And you know what else? The players who play for those teams, a lot of times, those are the exact players we are trying to recruit. Because Jeff Duncan said it this year. You look at our 2021 schedule. You pick any team on our on our schedule, and you say we go to that state, and we try and come, we try and recruit 
a player from that state and it's us against that uh, our oppositional team with the exception of UMass and UConn I don't know how many players we're getting I don't know you know and army doesn't have a world beater schedule but if you're from Indiana and you have a choice of playing at Ball State you know defending MAC champion yeah um or West Point, you know, nine months a winner and a and a, a commissioned officer, you're probably going to go to Ball State. We're not we're not taking recruits away from Wake Forest or Wisconsin. Um, maybe we're taking them away from the other academies. But if you're from Colorado, I think you're probably leaning towards Air Force. If you're from Maryland, you're probably leaning towards Navy. So. For Army to be playing the top flight of the FCS, I think that's a good thing. I really do. I think that's a good thing. Villanova right now, they're number four in the country for the FCS. They're six and one. Their only loss is to Penn State. There's, we don't got to talk about how good Penn State is this year. Penn State's better this year than they are normally, and they beat them 38-17. I get it. It's 21 points, but, you know, if Alabama beats Ole Miss, 38-17, nobody goes, boy, oh, Old Miss is having a real down year this year. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I think this is a, a great decision. I think this is a really, really great decision. Um, probably means that we're going to be paying a little money instead of getting a little money, but it's another home game. Check the box. Let's get rowdy over at Mikey Stadium. Um, Joe, you're no expert in Army scheduling, I know, but – any initial thoughts on uh, bringing in Villanova to replace Tennessee? I, I, I can't agree more. I think it's a great idea. I mean, why not? And, and I, Villanova is not going to be a walkover. And no. If you look at some of their scores, you know, they've blown people out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. They, beat the, they beat the crap out of Rhode Island. What was it? 40 some odd to nothing. Oh yeah, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, yeah. They're not... I mean, again, Rhode Island, right? Okay, we're not talking I, I about. I get it. I but, get it. But still, but still it's forty-four. Look, James Madison. James Madison. They beat him twenty-eight, twenty-seven. It's a close game. James Madison has either won the national championship or been in the national championship. You know, whatever, six times in the last ten years. I mean, this is a for real team. They're close by. They're from Philadelphia. I, I think from a recruiting standpoint, I think this makes sense. I've always said I think that every year Army should be playing one team from the Ivy League, which is, God bless the Ivy League, a little bit of a patty cake. And then they should also be playing either VMI or the Citadel. Every year we should be playing VMI or Citadel plus one team from the Ivy League because those are the teams that we are competing against when it comes to recruiting players. And so those are the teams that we need to be playing against because, you know, I, I want to go into Wisconsin. I want to go into Madison and beat them or go to the big house in Lansing or go to uh, – or sorry, not Lansing, Ann Arbor – or go to Norman uh, and beat Oklahoma. Of course I want to do that, but – He's not competing with Oklahoma when it comes to recruiting. Let's get real here. Let's get real here. Um, so, so I don't know. I think it's good. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good game. And that's one of the best things about being an Army fan. You can win or lose every single game. 
And I say that without a shred of irony. Army can win or lose every single game. We were one score away from beating Wisconsin. We were 14 points, but 14 points spread off, spread out across 126 total with Wake Forest. It's not that it's not not that far off from beating number 16. And lo and behold, we lose to Ball State. You know, look, okay, good for the Cardinals, but Army can win or lose any game. So every game is going to be a game worth watching. And uh, I, I think Villanova is a good decision. I really, really do. I really do. Well, listen, we've we've already gone long. This is our longest podcast to date. Uh, have a look here. It would appear the Caribbean cask has run dry, my friend. I think that it's time that we uh, we pack up for the evening. Any closing thoughts, Uncle Joe? Uh, no, sir. No, no, no. Uh, I, uh, other than I think you're, uh, I think the the schedule you outlined was really dead on. I think that would be a wonderful thing for the program. But will it ever happen? You know, you know more about that than I do. But well, we do we do play Citadel and uh, and VMI on occasion, and unfortunately, we usually we usually beat the tar out of them. So maybe we're not competing with them in terms of recruits. I don't know. But they're military schools. You know, we need to have a little. We need to have a little. A little camaraderie here, you know. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe go play the Coast Guard Academy. Well, no, they're D three. We can't. We can't play the Coast. That'll be that. No, that won't be any good. That won't be any good. Oh, uh, uh, one last random note I wanted to throw out there. Uh, so, Joe, you're not aware of this, but uh, the Military Academy, all the graduates know, we don't redshirt players. That's not how it works because there's no point in redshirting a player because after four years you graduate. So there's no sense in saving up eligibility but a lot of times what we do especially with some of our more talented athletes who maybe need a little transition into the academy lifestyle uh we have something called the prep school um it's abbreviated us maps usmaps the united states military academy prep school and army has one and navy has one and uh air force has one and you know, it's it's mostly athletes who need time to transition from uh, their high school into the academic rigors and um, the discipline required of the academy. So it's predominantly uh, football players and wrestlers and uh, I think there's a basketball team, men and women who uh, are an asset to the academy but who need a little time. Um, and so our prep school, uh, just played our B team. This is the army JV team, right? These are not lettermen. They don't travel. They don't dress. They're borderline below the practice squad. They played them this past weekend and they beat them soundly. Uh, I think it was 38, seven was the final score. And I think that's probably good news for Army football to know that we have an entire class of football players coming in next year who were just able to beat, again, their practice squad, but their D1 practice squad, um, you know, and uh, I think that's probably good news. I think that's probably good news. So more good things on the horizon, but I talk too much. Joe, thank you so much. Anything you want to say about Alabama? Uh, bye week. Another bye week. There we uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> I think Alabama, uh, last Army. Night checking, we have, we've got LSU coming up uh, 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 
Not this, obviously not this Saturday, but the next Saturday. Great and, and minds think alike. Great minds think alike. And Joe, yeah, yeah. if LSU beats Alabama, I'll buy you a Caribbean cask, and you oh, can you take can, that one to the bank. Can. All right. <laughs> Thank you all so much for that. listening. This, this has been a great episode. Uh, look us up on Twitter, Cuthbert Hutton at Last Hard Podcast, Facebook, Last of the Hard Podcast, and of course, lastofthehard.com. Find us on Spotify. Tell your friends. For Uncle Joe, I'm Cuthbert Hutton. I guess roll tide. But more importantly, go Army, beat Air Force. <laughs>